Blog Talk Radio. you from, say, getting somebody else to help? 
you know, I came aware not too long ago that one of our problems isn't that we don't have dedicated people. One of the problems isn't that we don't have people that care. We've got a lot of those. We've been around for a good long while, and, and, and there's, we're standing on some mighty shoulders, and we have history that goes way back, if you really look at what brought us all here. And we all have our reasons for what we do, and we all have our reasons for what we don't do. <clears throat> but what's stopping you from caring enough about this to get somebody else to help? Because that's really what we're missing. We know you're doing everything. We know you're putting your effort in. But what about that person, that other person, that doesn't maybe quite get it yet? that doesn't know what it is we're here doing, that doesn't get the spirit of the fight, that doesn't understand that our, our inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness bestowed upon us by our Creator <clears throat> have been trampled on, have been taken from us, or at least have been attempted. We've gone from being represented to being ruled. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but... I don't know, curfews and mandatories and shutdowns and secret militias and all this crazy crap that's happening right now is not indicative of a representative type of a republic, now is it? Doesn't seem like one to me. The information that's coming across our ballot, you know, we live in an age where information is at an all-time easy way to get, right? We can literally access the Smithsonian Institute records. Oh, I guess we're having some kind of a glitch. Oh, shit. You know what? No, I did start it. I got some, some something that's gone wrong with our call-in, so... Give me one second. I'm going to see if I can. I can't end it. Not sure what I can do. I don't know. We may just be Zooming today. I'm not sure because I didn't have, I don't have any callers that came in but me, and I think it's because we're having a glitch. You know, it's the greatest thing. I love this technology. Just about every single week we have something wrong. We either have uh, usually something wrong with the video feed, and uh, today, the audio feed's not working. So I'm not sure what's going on, and I don't know. I don't know if I can fix it, but I'm going to I don't even know what I can do, to be honest. Well, let's have some, some good dead air radio. Um, well, if anybody uh, wants to come on to the show, I guess you can contact Becca or Bobby. Um, for the Zoom link, and uh, we can have you come on through the Zoom link. I don't have any way to send that to you directly. So we'll see what happens. Um, i got enough to talk about for a good long hour, and if I can't get anybody else to call in, well, you'll have to put up with me and my antics. Where was I at? Um Oh, yeah, all the craziness. Yep, Dee Dee's calling in. She can't get in either. Yep, I don't know. We're having we're having a glitch. Anyways, um, I apologize for that, but we will carry on. You can uh, uh, check out the old Facebook stream, and and it'll be there. And, and uh, again, if you contact Becca or Bobby, um, they can send you the Zoom link, and you can pop in. If you want to actually uh, pop in and talk to me, otherwise, um, here we are. Um, what's stopping you? What's in your way? What's keeping you from doing more? What is it? Is it the chaos? Is it the is it the the toxic environment that social media represents? Is it the the crazy people that are activists? Well. In amongst all the crazy, toxic people, there's some really good ones. 
and there's in and amongst all the social media madness, there's actually action happening. There's good stuff happening right now, and I encourage you to be a part of it. There's a lot going on if you can get past the junk. You know, what really blows me away is living in the real world, I see, I catch the news on, on the regular just to see what is being reported, and then I connect with those people that I know that are making the news that's not being reported. And you got to... You gotta, you gotta take it this as a potential issue because I know people that have been present at events that were significant protests and all kinds of different activities that didn't get a lick of of, of coverage by anybody, and there might be a little underground story that pops up. You know, everybody's a reporter now. Everybody has a smartphone. Everybody can record something. Everybody's connected to social media. So I have seen a number of um, independent verifications. Of I made you a co-host. I see that. I see that. I thank you. Thank you very much. So does that make that third person me? Oh, we got Mike Webb on the line. All right. I can see what's going on. I turned all that fun stuff on. Okay, so um, we're going to shift back and forth a little bit because i got a lot to say, but I want to bring up, as our phones are not working, I want to bring up um, all of the guests as they come in. So let's start up with Mike Webb. So for those of you who don't know Mike, um, he's actually a pretty uh, important person in our world right now. Mike Webb is a... Uh, chapter coordinator for the Human Solution Kansas chapter, and he's been actively involved in a number of cases. Uh, he was actually instrumental in rebuilding a house of one of our... Hey, what's happening? I'm, I'm introducing you, so just uh, sit there and take it for a minute. Um, Sorry. No, it's all good. <laughs> uh, he actually was instrumental in uh, uh, rebuilding a house of one of our defendants that was literally, uh, her house was falling apart, and her husband died as a result of a raid, and her kids were taken away, and one of the conditions of getting her kids back was that this house needed to be repaired, and this was a piece of crap, falling apart house, and Mike and the Kansas chapter got together with a number of other groups and got, uh, we raised up some money, and uh, uh, we, we donated some money, and literally Mike uh, made sure that it all happened, oversaw it, and participated in literally rebuilding this home. And, uh, you know, now she's got, she's in the process. With, before COVID happened, I think she would have had her kids back by now, but she's well on her way, and that's no longer in her way. And... In spite of all these things that are happening right now, um, Mike's decided to run for office. And in Kansas, um, in the the Kansas uh, state representative office in his district, he's running for office right now. And um, I'm actually going to be heading out there tomorrow to support his candidacy and uh, be part of uh, part of the campaign. And uh, you know that's that's part of what this is about. You know, the Human Solution is not a is not a political group, but the people that are involved, uh, we're out there trying to make change any way we can. And um, we're actually, we've got a 501c4 now, and we just talked about it today. And one of the things we're going to be doing with this is uh, creating a, an incubator for candidates, making it uh, a way for people that are even curious about learning how to put their hat in the ring and run for office to get out there and do it. So, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in Kansas and uh, how your how your campaign's coming along. Uh, the campaign's going pretty good. Uh, you know, Kansas, we're staying busy. They like to prosecute out here, so we're always busy. People are always getting their rights ran over. A little funny anecdote, you know, uh, Cassie Matthews' son at a court hearing just recently, and uh, – the, he didn't meet with his attorney until like an hour before the hearing or whatever. And 
his attorney assumed he was going to take a plea bargain for this point zero two grams of marijuana. <laughs> three different people with, and uh, he said he told him no that they were going to go to trial. And so when they got in there and said all that, the prosecutor was like, "Oh, wait a minute! I thought we had this all figured out." And yeah, uh, so it's pretty funny. He's definitely letting them have it. Good, good, good. The thing that we're going to be doing, Joe, it's a little bit bigger than the campaign. It's as important as the entire campaign is, if not more important, because we're going to enter into a room with some big hitters, you know, people who, if they hear something you say and it catches uh, traction, it could actually go somewhere because they have the power to do it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. From from the day I met you, you were talking about, you know, you were working um, in some ways with Lisa Sublett and, the, and her whole lobby efforts and, and getting out there talking to, uh, to Congress people and, and the state legislature. And uh, from the day I met you, you were always talking about getting inside and, and working from the inside. And I, I've always supported that. Since that time, we've brought a lobbyist into the, into the play. Uh, since that time, I've had an opportunity to speak to the state legislature on behalf of a, of a bill that we submitted. And, um, and now uh, I get to come out and support a candidate. I think that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm really, you know, I, you know, I'm nervous about it. You know, it's, a, it's a, like I said, it, it's a key. There's a lot happening in the world, and we need our leaders to start paying attention to it. And one of the first things that they can do to relieve pressure on law enforcement, to save money, to do all kinds of things is what, Joe? Stop prosecuting marijuana, guys. Oh, hell no. Yeah, you bet. You, know, you raided a home in a little bitty town with nobody home but a 15-year-old daughter and drug her out of the shower at gunpoint over .02 grams of marijuana, yeah. and you want to know where the disconnect is between the police and the people. Right. No, no, absolutely. If we were to actually go through this from a fiscal point of view and just start looking at how much money got spent conducting these raids and holding these people in custody – prosecuting these cases, um, and, and every aspect of it, from judges' salaries to prosecutor salaries to sheriff's salaries to storing evidence, you, all the way down. And then you look at, at, at your homeless population, you look at your veterans, you look at your health care system, you look at, at anybody who might be in need of, of state and federal aid and where that money went instead. Oh, I don't know. I think I might be a little upset. Yeah, there's, you know, when it comes to the government, Joe, there's uh, work that needs to be done from one side all the way to the other. And all of it is actually interconnected. I mean, if you really break it open and look at it, there's all a piece of everything that connects to the next thing that connects to the next thing. And we don't have any choice right now but to find a way to come together and make it work. Because if we don't, the price for that may be more high than people understand. Well, you know, I've been thinking about all this as I'm as I'm preparing to go out there and 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 get political and get engaged with people that are that are working behind the scenes. I'm putting my mind to those conversations, trying to trying to prepare myself for what am I going to say if I get an opportunity to 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 be impactful. And you know, one of the things that that I'm looking at is is a is a message for these people that were that were engaged with the people behind the scenes. The other is preparing a message for anybody I might be able to reach through this or any other possible uh, uh, media. I mean, that's why we're doing this, is to be impactful. And, and one of the things that, that I've been just kind of wrapping my head around is, and I, and I brought it up in the beginning of the show, is that our founding fathers told us about this shit. And, and, and they spilled their blood 100, 250 years ago to overthrow a tyrannical regime that was oppressing them. They were being ruled. And they decided that it was better to be represented than to be ruled, and they 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 went all in, and they and they they risked everything at, at completely insurmountable odds. I mean, look at the history of the American Revolution. You go, there's no friggin' way that these guys could have possibly taken on the English army, but they did, and they had help and all of this good stuff. But the, the point is, they did, and it was if it wasn't for their will and one General Washington. It would have never happened. But when they did it, and, and they laid out, you know, the, the, the um, Articles of Confederation and ultimately uh, the Constitution and, then, and laid out the Declaration of Independence, these guys spent a lot of time talking and thinking. And these guys were very 
very engaged in their work. And if you study what, what, what happened in the process of it all, they really, they really kind of thought this stuff through pretty well. And, and, and if you actually go back and read those initial documents, uh, you might have issues with their personal choices in their lives as, as opposed to today's choices. But the truth is, get down to the guts of, of what they did and why they did it. It was pretty sound stuff. And their whole premise was that, number one, they didn't want another ruling class to emerge. They didn't want this to be a, a, a monarchy ever to come back. And their way to get around that was that they were going to have all these people that were going to take time off of their working from their farms and their businesses for a period of time and get in there and put in their time in holding this country up and, 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 and putting their time in, in leadership and being leaders. And that was the whole idea of, of our representatives was that it was a part-time gig. It was to, yeah, you, you, you all, it was almost like jury duty today where, you know, you really should do it. <laughs> you know, it was kind of an obligation. And if you had the wherewithal, you should throw your hat in and you should try. And it was, it was, it was highly um, um, expected. And somehow we went from that to what we have today. And we now have, have elected officials that have been in office for 30, 40, 50 years. And, and, and our founders never in a million years would have, would have approved of that. That was the opposite of what they set out to do. And I believe that what's happened is, again, rather than being represented, we're getting ruled. And if you look at what the government's doing and trying to do right now, they've thrown out the Constitution in many ways, and, and they've imposed um, a, a tyrannical rule over us in ways that it, it just shakes me to the core. Like, we got hit with a, with a curfew a few months ago, and I'm like, are you effing kidding me? You're going to tell me I can't go out at night because I want to? How dare you? You know, and I went out at night just because they told me not to. And I was like, go ahead, pull my ass over. Let's talk about that because, you know, it ain't going to work out well, you know. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we're being hit with, with every kind of misinformation that you could imagine. And, frankly, we're all turned around. We don't know what's real and what's not sometimes, you know. But at the same time, you got people that are, that are, that are getting consistently and insistently pissed off about this and they're getting out there and they're and they're raising their arms and they're saying hold on this isn't okay and all of a sudden we're getting more aggressive moves coming out and i'm kind of like well you know what we're up on a major election campaign right now this is 2020 presidential election i don't know how many um uh seats in the house and the senate are up for grabs i don't know how many um state representative total seats are up for grabs but it's a friggin' lot this is one of those big ones where a lot of seats are up for grabs. And I got to think to myself, we got enough time right now. If we didn't start until right today and decided, you know what, today we begin this campaign to say, listen, MFers, we need to be mindful when we vote. Number one, we need to vote. Number two, we need to be mindful and start looking at these candidates. And I would say this, if there's anybody that's running for office that's been in office for eight years, and you can't find out what they did that was amazing, like amazing. Like we just had a dude that just died, and he actually was a guy who did some good work. And maybe he deserved to sit in that seat for a long time because he was fighting for human rights. But there ain't a lot of him out there, and there's a whole lot of elected officials. And I'm thinking to myself, if we were to spotlight everybody that's, that's running for office today that's been in office for more than eight years, and they don't have something like that they can carry above their head say, look what I did, look at me, I champion this, and most of them can't say anything. I say, out. I don't care. Let the plunger of the toilet win before they win because they won't do any worse. Kansas has 100 and something representatives, but our entire state is controlled by 10 people. Exactly. You know? And the vast majority of them don't read any of the bills. They just do what they're told, and they vote along the line just like they're supposed to. What we need is new plans and ideas that still fit our core values. You know, we need to I, – I, we've gone to the Pachyderm Club where we're going to speak, and we listen to Sheriff Jeff Easter, and then we listen to the district attorney, uh, Mark Bennett, talk about how the, one of them argues the system is broken, 
you cut the cake. That was a year or so ago, and nobody's done nothing. Exactly. So uh, let's get the wheel moving and stop talking about it. There are lots of good programs out there that just need a little bit of tweaking. Exactly. You know, when it comes to the criminal justice reform plan and the stuff they're doing in Oklahoma is working, it's working good. And it's just a house arrest program. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. But we need to get our private industry more involved. That's all we need to do. We need a private industry to help the government out because it's really not the government's job. It's the people's job. And you are the people. That's at least the way we think of it, you know, because you employ people. It's your community. Your business is here. Help these guys get back on track. Help us with that. You know what I mean? Let's build them a path that goes up and not just across and forget about them. You know, these guys have uses. We just need to build uh, filtration systems to find the right ones for the right places. You know, the way we do schooling and stuff, everything. I mean, like I said, everything's hooked together, you know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, if you really start peeling everything open and you talk about the ten people that control uh, Kansas in every state, and in every every local government, there's that same small group of people. And if you peel it back even further and you look at who's controlling those people, you've got special interests behind everything. And we all know it, and yet we let it happen. You know, there's been, there's been legislation proposed that would limit special interest influence over candidates, but it's never gotten through. Why? Because the special interest doesn't let it through. You know, and, and, and it's all a self-preservation. Now, here's something that that I think we, we should consider. We live in this world right now in America where we have had a two-party system forever, and the two parties are both broken beyond repair. And the Libertarian Party is maybe a third party, but they've got some really effed-up people inside of their, inside of their inner mechanics. And, and I, I think they actually have some decent candidates, but if you peel away the lift up under the hood of the Libertarian Party, there's some... There's some whack jobs and some, some, in my opinion, some dangerous people that are that are behind there helping them, and and they're hurting them more than they're helping them because they, they, they wreck their legitimacy. I would propose this, that maybe it's time to start considering, you know, sometimes it's, it makes the most sense to run under a major party because you have a better chance of actually winning. But I would wonder if we could get people to just say, you know what, we need to vote for an independent. We need to vote for somebody that's not a politician. We need to vote. You know, America was founded by not politicians. They were None of them were politicians, or very few of them were, were involved in the government, really. They were, they were, they were regular people who, who, who got into their local government, more or less because they had to as a rule, and with, with some exceptions. But i got to wonder, what if we were to, you know, lean ourselves towards non-politicians as, as give them a chance. You know, the, the problem that we have right now is there's no leadership. Like, we do not have any elected officials that I would say, I want to follow that guy because he's going to take me to the right place. Now, I think I could be one of those guys, but I'm, but I'm not right now, and I'm certainly not in that spot. I know you could be one of those guys. And, and I want to do everything I can to get you in a position where you can be. But I've got to think, what if we were to change the way we think? And rather than listening to the guy who gets the most TV commercials bashing on the other guy or the guy who, who, who gets that most airplay, that we actually get in there and start changing that paradigm and says, you know what, I would rather give the guy who not had a day in office a chance, but he's run a business. Or he's got this experience or that experience. Maybe he's a teacher. Maybe he's a maybe he's a, a construction guy that just knows how to build shit. Maybe he's an engineer. Maybe he knows whatever it is. Maybe he's got a real skill that he can bring to a real-world application and give that guy a chance instead of these career politicians. I think what we have is we have, instead of Democrat versus Republican, we have an issue of American versus un-American. And I mean that in the real, the realest possible way. Um, you know, people have this hang-up, oh, America this, America that. But you know what? Tear it open and look at its people. Tear it open and look at its core. And, and, and I think America is the greatest place there is. And as much as it's flawed and there's all kinds of shitty things we've done, you're right. But put us up into the world, and guess what? We're by far the greatest place there is, and we're going to continue being that way. And I think we're growing into our – we have the ability to grow up into what we could be as a nation. And I think now's that time we can make that change. I agree. And actually, Joe, you know, as a Republican, 
I'm a Republican because I've gone to several different parties' rallies. Republicans were the only ones that prayed. And at their core beliefs, they have the right beliefs and values that line up with mine. They're just executing it wrong, and their party's been manipulated for the last hundred years. And that's why I've joined the Republican Party and worked with other precinct committeemen and stuff to change how this system is working and become the catalyst that gets it back to what it's supposed to be doing in the first place. You know, get back to the Constitution, break away from the corporates that be, and start working for the people again as individuals and not helping corporations because we believe they're the ones that take care of the people. Because they're not doing that. They're taking advantage of it. They're, they're taking care of from. themselves, I can assure you. They've always taken care of themselves. And, and it's not to say that it, just because you're a corporation that you're inherently evil. It's, it's if you behave as a big corporation tends to, you would fall yourself into that category. So, anyways, Mike, I got Craig Cecil up on the line with us now, and uh, just want to want to say is there I'll be seeing you tomorrow, and we'll be doing this uh, doing this live, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, any uh, any parting shots? No, man, I love you, Joe. Everybody, stay safe. Just do what you can. You know, it doesn't take a lot sometimes. Just an email, a pen. You know, you definitely need to vote. You definitely need to learn about people, learn who they are and what they're talking about. I've had several people just invite me to their homes, and we sat down and talked. And, uh, they, you know, a lot of guys are like, hey, man, where have you been? You know, how come we ain't got more of you around here, you know? Because they've looked at these guys that are running for office, and nobody's impressed. Right. That's why I'm running, because I wasn't impressed either. But there's little things you can do. You don't have to run for office. There's little things that we can do. We all need to come together. We may not agree on everything, but there's a whole lot that we do agree on. And let's get those things fixed and worry about this outer line little bull of BS later on. I totally agree. Well, thank you so much, Mike Webb, for uh, state state representative in Kansas. What district? 93rd. 93rd district. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to helping your campaign tomorrow and, and getting out there and uh, jumping in the trenches with you. All right, folks. All right, now we've got, again, a special guest here, um, a dear friend of mine and uh, a lifetime member of the Human Solution by default. <laughs> we've got Mr. Craig Cecil here with us. How's it going, Craig? I think that's life without parole, member. <laughs> as well, as well, yeah, well. That's how the judge called that it. That is how the judge called it. Well, you know, it's funny. We always had what we called a membership the hard way. And so anybody who was incarcerated or, or even uh, unable to pay dues or whatnot, we always had a way that somebody could join our organization and not have to not have to worry about any of that. But you, you certainly qualified in the, in the, in the, in the easiest way in. <laughs> This week has been kind of fun. Uh, I've been kind of hitting a bunch of the hassles of uh, what I like into coming out of the uh, time machine. Oh. It's as if I've been in a time machine since 2002, since right after the events of September 11th. Rip bad and, people. <laughs> so many things like, but it's even, there's even more challenges added, you know, in light of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Is, That's crazy. I, I can only get a pass, you know, a couple of days a week where I'm allowed to leave the house and go to a store or something like that. So I went to the store to buy clothes, and I found out in light of the pandemic, you can't try them on anymore. <laughs> I haven't bought clothes in, in over 18 years, so I really don't know what my size is. Oh, geez. <laughs> I just had to guess and buy clothes. But wow. I guess wrongly. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you grown or have you shrunk? <laughs> um, I think I've grown more okay. than anything. Yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> I think that's part of being over 60 years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 60, over 60 in American tends to uh, make make for a wider uh, situation more often than not. I think so. I think so. So That's the American way. What do you think the odds are getting a getting – a, a half a day pass to get out to a river somewhere. <laughs> no, can't do it, can't do it. Not yet. Otherwise, huh? I, I did get a pass today to go to the bank. Okay. And, uh, you know, try to figure out if, that, you know, if the nearby bank was the bank where I wanted to open an account. And my arrangement was, it was only about a mile and a half from here, 
my arrangement was that I could jog there and jog back. Oh, okay. You know I love to jog. Yeah. So I went like, jogging by a fishing pond. Ah. <laughs> and kind of looked over the guy's shoulders, and they were all happy to get out their their uh, iPhones and show me pictures of the largemouth bass they caught in oh, there. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, you're still you're still breaking these guys in, but we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But now fish stories are done with an iPhone, I see. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. Exactly. I think they have one of these, like, miniature uh, rulers that are all, you know, written in the wrong in the wrong increments. And, you know, what what's supposed to be three feet is actually, you know, a foot and a half. <laughs> just, just for measuring that one, that one big fish. So... When I last saw you, you were just getting started, uh, you know, getting acclimated and, and, like you said, you know, stepping out of the time capsule. Um, but you've also been looking for a job. How has that been going? Oh, I don't have any real strong leads, but what I've been trying to do is put together a network to help me, you know. And um, I'm hoping <clears throat> some of that, you know, I've been talking to more and more people that, to help look around for me. Okay. Because, as, as you know, the, the unemployment is not good right now. Right. And, I mean, the whole job field is changing. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the big job right now is working for Amazon, and Dennis have to sit at home and can't make any money. Right. I, I mean, it, it doesn't make, you know, it's, it's nothing like it was 20 years ago. No. Should that it was six months ago, you know. Yeah, so true, so true. Yeah, it's, um, you know, you're 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 not that far away from Chicago where you're at right now. Um, what are your thoughts about all this craziness uh, that's going on out in Chicago right now, and the the talk of uh, federal troops coming in to 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 I don't know do whatever it is they're going to do. Well, the the big talk in Chicago is the police are actually asking for all that kind of help. Oh. Police union is the uh, a lot of the officers are a lot of the Chicago aldermen are interesting. But um, the mayor is very resistant. I yeah. think that's more politically biased than anything, because as you know, the killings are crazy. And they and one thing that kind of angers me, and I and I I don't know why it doesn't anger more people, is yes, last night um, on 79th Street. Fifteen people were shot out in front of a funeral, or out in front of a funeral parlor, right. for somebody that was shot last week. What they left out is on uh, 78th Street, one street over, in about an hour apart, there was a three-year-old shot in the head. Oh, no. And that that is happening with almost daily frequency here. There, there's children getting shot. You know, we we have to keep a running toll every week of them. What do you think? I mean, I, I don't know the politics of, of Illinois, but I, I've been told by what I think to be credible sources that Chicago has some of the toughest gun laws in America. What do you think is behind it all? What do you think? I mean, what do you think an answer would be when, when you've got all this violence that, that I mean, frankly, is, is, is notorious? I mean, Chicago is notoriously a violent city. Regardless of how real that is or not, it has a reputation that goes back all the way to the to the to prohibition days. I mean, and and it, it I just I wonder what what do we think is the answer? How do we solve this? Well, actually, the the federal officials kind of messed up back in the '90s and into the early 2000s. Is at the time that the concern was about the street gangs. Mm-hmm. And the street gangs were pretty much divided up by neighborhood. They controlled drugs. They controlled drugs in their areas. They controlled, you know, vice. They controlled a lot of things. But one thing they did also do is they controlled people with a set of rules where everybody knew the rules. And what happened though is the um, law enforcement didn't target the actual crimes. They targeted all the leaders of these gangs and all that. And they locked them all up. So now what we've come up with is. The children are running wild because the, the people that were children back in the 90s are now parents, and um, they don't have any discipline. They don't have any sets of rules. 
the the parents left it to the street to teach kids their rules, and now there's no rules in the streets. Got it. So we forever see 14-year-olds, you know, uh, going around shooting people and, and things of that sort. So what what we really need is a society that has leadership, that has, um, you know, that, that a lot of the depressed areas in Chicago have more jobs, have things like movie theaters and grocery stores and florists and all the things that they don't have. There needs to be an effort, especially to bring in jobs, bring in factories. When I was a kid, there was three television factories in Chicago, a Zenith, Quasar, and an RCA. Now I don't think there's any televisions built in the United States. So Not that I know. I'd love to see the mayor of Chicago call up President Trump and say, do what it takes to bring us two TV factories. Yeah. Whatever it takes on the federal level, make the Japanese, make the, you know, the people that import our TVs, force them to open up factories in our depressed areas. But this takes politicians working together, which are just like our marijuana and stuff that they, they just won't do. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it, there, there's such a, a a vacuum of leadership right now, and and you know, I mean, real leadership. You've got a you know a handful of people that are taking strong stands, but they're not actually leading, you know, and and it's it's created an environment for all this kind of chaos, but there's not a there's not a path through it or out of it, and you know that's part of what. I think that a number of us are working at doing is, you know, empowering the people to, number one, stand up and, and spell out what we want to change and how we want to see it change. And number two, um, getting out there and actually running for office and, and being part of uh, the system to change it from the inside. You know, you talked about wanting to get out there and, and be part of the lobby effort and, and, and um, supporting um, legislation and, and, and changes within the system. Um, I'm going out to Kansas tomorrow to go support Mike, the guy that was just on, um, who's running for state representative. Um, and I believe, you know, he's got what it takes to um, to really get in and not be afraid of, of, of putting out some real solutions. And I've been working with him for, I don't know, three years almost now. <clears throat> and he's a common sense guy who, who's you know, willing to work with other people that are outside of, um, you know, his arena. He's jumped into one party, but he doesn't have a problem with any of the parties. You know, we've gotten so divisive. I mean, as much as, you know, some people love this guy or, or hate that guy, what's happened is, is the, the two parties have come to hate each other so much that it's just this complete impasse. Like, there's, there's not a bipartisan anything anywhere, um, you know, that I can that I can see you know happening outside of you know this emergency COVID bailout for you know they they had to do something so they both agreed on something I mean that was like the only thing I've I've seen come of it but um, you know I think that one of the things that we're doing I don't know if I mentioned to you but we 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 talked for I don't know about a dozen hours straight getting caught up a few weeks ago, but we didn't get a chance to talk about everything. But one of the things that, that we're, we've been working with with the Human Solution is we actually created a new group called the Human Solution Foundation, which is a 501c4. It's a different type of a nonprofit group, which is able to do political work. And um, we've been talking. We've got a number of people that are running for office right now um, we got Sharon Raybert, who's running for uh, um, Congress in in uh, Georgia, and we've got um, a couple of people running for state uh, state offices, and a, and a couple of people running for federal offices right now. But one of the things that we're looking to do with this um, 501c4 is to create like an incubator that we can we we can teach somebody how to run for an office and empower them with um, you know some kind of support, meaning. We could raise money for them, or we could, uh, um, you know, create like a clearinghouse of, of applications, and maybe even get some people that have had political experience to get in there and help to to guide them in in, in uh, you know how to how to create a campaign. You know, I know a lot of people that would be great as leaders and and people that I respect and 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 have the ability to make good strong decisions and have the ability to not be swayed by 
special interests and have the ability to uh, to, to lead, but they wouldn't know the first thing about getting into office. Like, you know, I started a company. I've started a dozen companies. I don't know the first thing about running for office. Do you? You know, I mean, there's not a there's not a book that says, well, this is how to enter into the process. These are all the different positions that you could actually run for. People don't realize some positions are appointed, some are elected. You know, people don't realize that that you know judges are generally elected at least the first time, and you don't have to be a lawyer to be a judge. Like, there's nothing that says you have to be a lawyer to be elected a judge. There's not a thing. But you know what? How many judges are not lawyers? Not a lot. You know why? I think I think mostly because people just don't know. Now, granted, you got to learn the law, and and it 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 would make sense to you know at very least have a have a strong understanding and and uh, education about the law. But in in any number of circumstances, you could be a really good judge. And learn the law as you go. I mean, there's not there's not anything that says you couldn't do that. Most of the judges that get in, once you get in, they get a they get appointed in because a judge retires or gets sick or whatever, and they'll get appointed in. And then once they're in, it's almost like nobody ever gets voted out. Every once in a while, there's a recall campaign, but most judges they just keep getting reelected. And a lot of times, they don't even have any competition. You know that you, you look at and and spend some time at, at looking at your ballots, and you see this judge, that judge, this judge, and there's only one. There's only one judge for that district for whatever reason, and it's like, wow. I, I wonder how many uncontested um, elections are happening right now um, in in Kansas, where where Mike's running. <clears throat> the the three candidates that are running are all running as Republicans. And it's literally a primary race because there's no Democratic candidate running right now. And so whoever wins the primary is going to, by default, win this election in August. Go figure that one out. That's Chicago. Chicago's been like that for decades. Yeah. The election doesn't mean anything. The Democratic primary does. Because whoever wins the primary, they, they have the job. Well, and I, I think that that's a problem. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the whole idea that, that a whole city is leaning in one direction, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think, no matter, no matter how the demographics and the polls run, everywhere I've been, I've been all over America. I've been all over, not all, not all over the world, but I've been in a lot of different places. And the one thing I've learned about places is that people are people wherever you go. And wherever you go, you're going to have people that think this, and you're going to have people that think that. And you're going to have people that influence this, and you're going to have people that don't. And generally the people that influence the message are those that, that you know, main, maintain and control things. And, you know, for, for better or for worse, I mean, it could, be, it could be a good thing if they were to do it well. I mean, I don't have a problem with, with, with that as long as it has the people's interest in mind, you know. Well, the, we we need to have some diversity of ideas, and, and that we don't have. And too many people are just trying to toe the party line or, or trying to be anti this or anti that. Because, like, one thing I haven't seen in, our, in much of our elections, especially in the presidential election, is there's nobody really running against the current president. There, there's people just... Um, you know, they're not running, standing on their own two feet. They're running, hoping that the president will fail. Yes. Yeah, and I think but, that... You know, I, I want to see some ideas. Right, right. Yeah, wouldn't it be great? Like, of all the offices, I think our presidential office is a pretty big one. Like, we should actually have somebody that is running that actually really wants this job and really has some ideas that we can get behind. You know, I, I'm tired of voting for the not guy. You know, I'm tired of voting for the the lesser of two evils. I'm tired of voting for, you know, I mean, even the whole hope and change thing. Okay, you know, how did that work out? I, I, if you look at people's records, granted, it was a little bit less chaotic. You look at some real records. You look at immigration records. You look at civil rights records. You look at some 
some real things that could have been changed. They didn't. They actually went backwards in a lot of ways. And so you think to yourself, geez, you know, I think I think if we were to get a real leader, and I, and I know that there are some real leaders that are out there that are in private sector, in, in running businesses, running whatever, I don't know, maybe running nonprofits. I don't know where they are, what they're doing, but I know – I know that there's people that I've listened to that are doing, you know, podcasts that are doing, that are doing, you know, um, um, I don't know. I guess it would be independent journalism and 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 sharing strong opinions about things that can present a case that makes sense, solutions to problems, laying out a, a plan that says, hey, you know, it's great to to you know that we're stuck in this place. And I think that most people, frankly, are in a you know a, a fairly dire uh, financial situation that they you know they're they're stuck. They can't they can't do anything but just try to make it you know. And I think that a good percentage of people are are kind of trapped in that day to day you know hand to mouth situation where they can't think bigger than that. So you know how do you run how do you run for office if you can't even you know put diapers on your baby, you know. I think that that limits a lot of people that might be able to, uh, you know, answer the tough questions and step up. But because of one thing or another, maybe making a bad choice or two or maybe just not being in a situation where they were able to thrive, maybe they didn't they didn't get in that spot where they could reach outside of it. But I think, I think if we can get a message out that says, look, maybe, number one, if we were to vote, like if 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 the amount of registered voters went up to what it could and should be, and the amount of registered voters that actually went to the ballot and actually cast their ballot, I think all of a sudden the tide would turn big time. And I think that I think that maybe there's got to be some way where I don't know I don't, I don't like to limit things, but maybe a way to enable a third party candidate to have. Uh, a voice like you know the the major uh debates they don't let everybody talk you know they they limit they limit the amount of um of uh voice that a lot of these smaller candidates have and it might not be because they're not good it might be because they just didn't have uh enough of a media machine to get their to get their presence out there you know i i think that there's got to be a way to level that field just a little bit not to disable those that have, but to maybe enable a little bit those that don't so much. I think people, that that change needs to come from the bottom up, though. I agree. It's really got to start on the city level. A lot of people don't even know what's going on in the city they live in. They've never been to a city council meeting. They don't even know who their aldermen are and things of that nature. And one issue I can point to right now is look at the opening of the schools. Now, there, there is no one-size-fits-all set of rules for the United States that would work. There's counties in southern Illinois where none of the, the, there's whole groups of counties where there hasn't been a positive finding for COVID. So the rule for down there is going to be much different than it is in Chicago where there's been thousands of people dying. Right. And, and that's, where, that's where governance, that's where leadership has to start from the bottom up. Because those people, if they're successful there, they may learn, move on to the county level, move on to the state level. Those are the people that, that become our representatives and senators and even presidents. And they, they're successful at it. Uh, from your area, Ronald Reagan came up that way. Sure. And when, when he walked into Washington, no, he, he didn't know how to be president. Right. He never, he never held a, a federal job before. But he knew how to run a state of what, 35 million people. <laughs> it exactly. gave him the, the, and he knew how to be decisive. He knew how to, you know, stand behind the people, and and he did get it up done. And he came from the, you know, being schooled from the bottom up, like like we need to start developing. And and like right now, I, I'd like to see when they, when they push the president or they push Dr. Fauci and all them, or what should they do with the schools? Right. Well, you know what? Every school district needs to decide for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. These if are you not... need facts, you need information. Here it is. Exactly. No, these are the federal government's getting involved in way too many things it doesn't belong in. You know this. 
this this United States was built as a representative republic and and as a you know e pluribus unum is a is a is a powerful statement out of many one that is that is what we're supposed to be is a united states and and each of these states are supposed to be autonomous you know we're supposed to we're supposed to be sovereign states that's the deal and 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 together we have this federal government that is supposed to handle certain things that affect all the states and i'm sorry the school system's a regional thing it always has been it always will be i mean it's gone from you know one room schoolhouses that that the local communities figured out that, hey, this person can teach, great, give them a job to teach. And then at one point, you know, you get school districts. Well, there's still state agencies. There's no federal school district. And, and that's, that's the thing that I think, you know, we've we got to remember. And, and I, I think that uh, what applies in one area, like you were pointing out, whether it's COVID or whether it's the way certain things are taught or whether it's the way the, the, the food programs work or whatever it is, uh, a lot of these things are regional. They're the, what happens in Southern California doesn't happen the same way it happens up in Washington State, which isn't the same way it happens in Alabama. And you've got cultural issues. You've got, um, um, you know, topographical issues. You've got, you know, every kind of issue you can imagine that, that make each of these regions different, and it affects everything. And I think if we were to, I don't know, I, I know in L.A., we, we just had a couple of, of city council members get outed and locked up for corruption. You know, this is friggin' city council guys. And it was like old school mob stuff of just, you know, grease in the construction industry, you know, and, and bribes and, 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 you know, like I said, literally old school mob stuff. And, I, and I'm like, really? This is 2020. And, 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 and this stuff is still happening, you know. The FBI was working on this guy, I think, for, I don't know, three or four years uh, before they took him out, you know. And, and you got to wonder if the corruption is, is, is that prevalent, maybe it's time that we just, you know, literally these voters are, are going to vote. These city council guys get voted in. What if we just got in the habit of saying, you know what, you've been around for four years or, or two terms, eight years, we need somebody else. I don't care who it is. You know, unless you can show and stand on your record and show us what you've done that says, hey, I'm a good leader. I need to be here. There's a reason for me to be here. Unless you can do that, I think us voters need to just get in the habit of saying, nope, whoever's new has got a better chance than what's entrenched right there. And and even just stirring the pot like that, I think we're going to get a chance for that to happen and maybe we can change the culture, you know. We're uh, we, this is all a a institutional problem. It's a cultural problem. The police issue is a institutional cultural issue, um, and it and it all comes down to us, like you said, from the bottom up. When enough of us have had it, and enough of us are willing to stand up and change it, that's when it's going to change. And I I started the show, and I'm going to end the show by saying this, what's stopping you? What is keeping you from getting involved? What's keeping you from being a part of this solution rather than a part of the problem? And, uh, Craig, I'm going to give you the, 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 the last word here as we uh, get ready to close the show down. Well, that, that's my lesson is, uh, no, by, by ourselves, we can't make a difference in what the president does or the Speaker of the House or, or whatever, but we have to learn how to do that. We, we need to be trained as well. And like I say, get involved in your city council. Get involved with your aldermen. Go to, go to the city council meetings. Find out how politics work. Find out how that works. And then you'll have the power. You'll have the ability to call out those people, call out the people among, above them. And, and that's where the process has to start. We need to actually get involved, not just by watching the news, but by being the news, actually being in the city council chambers. Absolutely. Well, Craig, I, I appreciate you coming on, being a part of the show, and uh, and uh, give your lovely family a, a big hug for me. And, um, uh, you know, anytime, you're always welcome to come and join me. And, 
you know, tomorrow I got another exciting adventure. I'm going to hopefully uh, make a difference out in Kansas, and we'll see what happens. Um, I apologize to everybody who tried to call in. We had phone issues with the main lines. I don't know what happened, but hopefully next week it'll all be better, and uh, we will see you all next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on.